0: Hey, welcome to the war room, Robert. It is a pleasure and honor to have you with us today.
1: Oh, um, no, thank you. I'm I'm honored to be talking to you. I especially the older I get, the more I enjoy talking to veterans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't really need much of an introduction. Everybody knows who you are, and the beauty behind it is you're in the war room, you're a veteran, and that's something I really want to explore today is, you know, your time as a veteran. And uh, if people don't know that part of your life, you were uh, in the Marine Corps, Vietnam, combat veteran in Vietnam, pilot. And, you know, the war room was kind of initially born off of talking to young veteran business owners and being able to help them, you know, miss some of those arrows in the back. And I have a pretty good feeling that the audience is going to get some really, really good stuff from you today. And and I really look forward to that for sure. So thank you, thank you for being on the show again.
1: No, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Um, you know, I mean, even our military today is going woke. I mean, I don't know who, yeah. I, I, I cannot believe what's happening. I get nauseous talking to young men today. Yeah. My, my friend sent his 20, 20 year old son to me the other day to talk to him. My suggestion was join the Marine Corps. I mean, this guy was, I don't mind, you know, I know this is LBGQ and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm going, who you sleep with is none of my business. Yeah. But this guy, this guy, not that he was effeminate, he had no core to him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He, had, he just had no, rebar in him should we say you know right right and yeah. i said boy he doesn't have any strength at all he's mama's boy and i <laughs> said the world's gonna kick your ass <laughs> well,
0: hey that that's the thing about it you know i mean uh your dad uh or my dad and you are the same age so okay. and my dad was a vietnam veteran too um, okay. he was an infantryman um and you know so i grew up in that you know, hardcore world of, of, of being raised in that hardcore life and, and then went on to serve 23 years and from that too. And there was a lot of lessons from that. Right. And, And, and I'm really curious though, Robert, like for you growing up, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or military or what did that look like for you growing up?
1: not really uh this story of rich dad poor dad my uh poor dad uh you know was japanese six i'm mm-hmm. fourth generation japanese american and uh during world war ii after pearl harbor i don't know you know the japanese were put in internment camps
0: mm-hmm.
1: my family was locked up in california oh, wow. and went to, went to prisoner of war camps so i had five uncles you know they're um they, all their land was taken, you know, reparations. That Kamala Harris talks about want to give the blacks all their money back and all this stuff. I'm going, well, my family lost everything too. And this really? is just, you know, 1941. And um, so my family was locked up and imprisoned. And all it did was inspire my five uncles to go fight. So I had I had three uncles fight. And the 442nd is the most highly decorated infantry, army infantry battalion in history. So they had to prove, it was a Japanese American battalion in World War II. And they saved guys like Bob Dole of Texas and all this stuff. They were the most highly decorated. And I had two uncles, one to fight against the Japanese and one was captured. And um, so he was captured and put in a prisoner of war cap with, by the Japanese. And they castrated him. Wow. So he, he has no love for the Japanese.
0: <laughs> <I'm> like, sure, <laughs> sure. I
1: can I'd still be at war, you know.
0: Yeah, me too. But he okay. escaped.
1: He escaped from this POW camp in the Philippines. And he spent the rest of the whole life tracking that guy down. He says, I'm going to get that SOB. Right. That effing Jap, you know, who uh, oh, sure. was the uh, prisoner of war. Like Colonel Clink and Hogan's heroes, you know he was after him Right. and my uncle spent the rest of his life in the army He'd be made full bird, just as an army intelligence officer going after this guy, and so they wrote a book about him It was called a spy in their midst and cause my my uncle just spent the he went underground into into Japan to look for this guy, and he finally caught him, wow, a war criminal. Wow. But that's our family, you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's, in, it's, it's in our blood, I think. And my family's samurai. Yeah. Japanese is samurai. So I have the I have the family sword. Oh wow. It's been handed down for generations, hundreds of years. Wow. So okay. our family is of the warrior class, which is a samurai or the knights of England. Yeah. So that's,
0: that's that's why that's why I joined the Marine Corps to go fight. Yeah, right. So that, that's what influenced you then to, to be a part of that, right? It was the family tradition of things, right?
1: Yeah. I don't, you, you know, your father understands this. But today, my generation was the one that the hippies went against. Mm-hmm. So when I returned from Vietnam, I got spit on, hit with eggs and all that stuff. You know, I lot of that Northern Air Force Base in California, And I joke, that's not true. I jokingly say, I swear to God, I saw Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden in the crowd spitting on me, you know, because (laughs) I'm only kidding. But they're they're hardcore commies. I'm Uh going, whose side are you guys on? I'm not Republican or Democrat. Trump's my friend. I know that. But who who are you guys fighting for? Yeah. So when I came back from Vietnam, you know, the, the. The. uh. Transport lands and says, Gentlemen, America has changed. As soon as you get off this plane, run and get out of your military outfits. Yeah. America doesn't like you. So that's the era I came. I came back in seventy-three, January tenth, nineteen seventy-three. Yeah. Returned from Vietnam. That was yeah. a helicopter gunship pilot. Went down three times
0: to get spit on.
1: I yeah. tell you, it was a tough time.
0: Yeah, it's You know, I remember growing up, my dad had those same stories. And when I joined the military and, you know, some of my combat tours that I had, um, you know, my dad always said, son, my generation will never leave yours behind. (laughs) And, you know, that's a powerful thing to say, right? And when your generation got left behind, Right. And, you know, the support that we got compared to your generation is vastly different. You know, my neighbor, he uh, he was a major in the Marine Corps. He was a force recon guy. And, you know, he spent, I think, three tours total and in the Marine Corps in Vietnam. And it's just amazing the resiliency. Right. And yeah. he went. He went on like you, right? To, to build uh, his own wonderful empire, right? I call it an empire. Yeah. Um, we build our own empire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is. I call mine an empire. Um, and, you know, to to get to draw off of that experience, I mean, how did that? How did that really affect you? Your decisions. Being in the military, how did that affect your business decisions, do you think?
1: Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, number one skill is I'm an entrepreneur. You know, sure. internet. I have, I have multiple companies and all that all over the world. And right. um, it's leadership. You know, if, if you can't follow, you can't take an order, you can't give an order. Do you know what I mean? It's that simple. And so I'm, um, I'm not a, you know, I'm a, a ring knocker. I went, I had, I had nominations to Naval Academy and Marine Academy. So I'm not a real hardcore Marine because I was commissioned out of the Academy. And so a lot of my fellow Marines say, you didn't go through PL, you know, platoon leaders class. No, 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 no. He's, you're a ring knocker. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, at four years at the Academy, we got yelled at every from morning to night, morning right. to night, and so transitioning into the Marine Corps, you know, if, if somebody said "kill," you killed. It, it was, and you had to lead. And I think one of the toughest days I've had. I was a you know a Huey gunship pilot, and we're carrier based. And one of my crew chiefs, I got the. This was before there was email and all this stuff. I don't know how I found out, but one of my my crew chief, Lance Corporal, he just had a son. He was his first child. And we're getting ready to fly into combat. And so I go out to him and I say, hey, Fraley, um, I was just testing him. I said, is it okay if your son grows up without a father? And he didn't know he had a son, you know, so he said, Sure. So I was giving him a couple of messages and one, I was just testing him and he looked at me and he says, I'm a father. He looked at me and he says, yes, sir. It's okay. Let's go. Because if he had wavered for one second that it was more important for him to see his son than to fly that mission, I replaced him right, do, right. Do, do you know what i mean but that's leadership and following orders and i said we're we're going in and uh that's what they don't teach you at um harvard business school <laughs>
0: yeah right <great>, right. <great>.
1: yeah oh <laughs> oh go ahead when, when you ask a young man to give his life you're asking a lot mm-hmm. you know and today these woke kids and they don't hurt my feelings and you want safe places I cannot stand it. Yeah. It concerns me. Right. Anyway, that's my yeah. that's my spiel, and that's my concern, yeah. and that's why right. I'm glad to be talking to you today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, Robert. The you know, I seen that transition from military. I've been retired now for going on eight years myself. So, um, but I seen that transition happening as I was leaving the military. You know, my last deployment was 2014 to Afghanistan. And, you know, I even started even seeing that then to where things were transitioning in a very odd, weird way of, yeah, it was a different kind of leadership, right? You had to lead differently. And, you know, obviously different types of leadership. That's not a bad thing, but, you know, our numbers are down in the military, fifty percent. Mean, it's it's rough now, um, and and people, uh, you know, often ask me. They or that a lot of times I don't even know what to say when somebody says thank you for your service. And now yeah, my, I, I hate that. I you hate know, that. I, I don't either. Now I just say I'm glad it's over. <laughs> so I just
1: I asked them. So what did you do?
0: In- yeah. Right. Yeah. So how are you serving your country? Yeah. Right, for sure. Well, well, take us through that journey a little bit, Robert. You know, after military, and you, you know, when did you really make that that cognizant decision to tr- to really run into the business world? When did when did that happen for you? Well, I was already going into business world. Uh, the
1: reason, like I said, mm-hmm. I got. The reason I went into a military school is because I was flunking out of high school. My uh-huh. father, poor dad, was a head of education for the state of Hawaii. He's a PhD from Stanford Northwestern University of Chicago. And I was his son, first son growing up in Hawaii, and I'm flunking out of school. So then the super education son is an idiot flunking out of school. And the reason I was flunking out was because I had no discipline. I was a surfer. Mm-hmm. And I realized, it, nobody had to tell me I was in trouble. You know, you flunk out of high school, because I can't write, and now I'm a best writing author, best-selling author, you know. But when you flunk out of high school, it's, you kind of get you might be stupid. And uh, so with that case, my dad, poor dad, said to me, he says, I'm not going to pay for your education. That was the best thing he could have done for me. I said, okay, how am I going to get an education? So I applied, and I got Naval Academy and Merchant Marine Academy. And I took Merchant Marine Academy because I was going into business anyway. And Merchant Marine Academy were the highest paid graduates in the world. Back in 1969, I'm class of 69, the ring here, mm-hmm. were the highest paid graduates in the world. So in 1969, my my classmates and I were making but 120000 a year. That's not big money today. But back then for a 22-year-old kid to make 120000 a year, that was a lot of money, you know? Yeah, for sure. And the trouble was the Vietnam War was still on. And then my conscience got to me and I said, I'm going to miss a war. And with that, uh, I had an English teacher. He's an economics teacher. And he was a West Point graduate. He was an Academy was a West Point graduate teaching at Kings Point. And I went to him and said, what's it like to fly a B-17? He says, you'll never know. <laughs> and i went oh my god he says you better go he says because you you want to know so i said okay am i going to join the army navy or marine corps and i took the marine corps and um, the war was winding down vietnam was winding down and i was going to fly the c-130 the four-engine prop job
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that's the fastest way into the airlines and the guys and then i So finally, I said, I'm going to miss the war. So I go to my monitor. This is at Pensacola, Florida, the Naval Air Station there. And I asked my monitor, I said, what's the fastest way to Vietnam? He says, gunships. I said, (laughs) why? He says, because they're dying, you stupid Marine. (laughs) (laughs) And so the next thing I know, I I got out of the 130 pipeline, 400 prop. Next thing I'm at Camp Pendleton flying the gunship. Next thing I know, I'm in Vietnam flying off a carrier and it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Yeah. I'm going, wow, this is fabulous. Yeah. So, great. you know, I lost you know, the saddest part. The saddest part was when you go on the flight deck and your friends don't come back, you know, you yeah. never see them again. Right. You know, they, they're MIA. I go to the, I go to the wall in, in DC and say goodbye to my friends, you know, mm-hmm. but that was the, that was. It's a growing up. That's what I'm saying. I told this kid, he was 20, 20, 21 years old. I said, you got no rebar. You got no core inside of you. You're wishy-washy. You're effeminate. And nothing wrong with being effeminate. If you're into boys, I don't really care. But you have got no guts. Right, And he got offended.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm,
1: I'm sure (laughs) he did. If that offends you, (laughs) I said, you got some big problems because you're not going to make it in the world. Right. You know, so the reason I'm a good entrepreneur is because I went to four years of the academy. The first word we're learning at the academy is the mission. What's your mission? The Marine Corps, it's a mission. You know, we got yelled at from morning to night. We have to do things we don't want to do. We got led by people we don't like. You know, I went down, crashed three times, kept coming back. And I knew my mission was to bring my men back. That was my only mission. I went, I went over with sixteen men. And I came back with sixteen men. That was my job. Right. And so I I carry that rebar, you know, that core in me in business because yeah. business is a tough world. You know, I've been screwed by so many guys. Sometimes I think I'm a hooker or something, and I'm going holy mackerel. But you know, you people in business like cheat and steal, yeah. And when and I've had friends like cheat and steal. I have accountants and attorneys like cheat and steal, and you can't kill them, but you have to learn how to deal with them. So that's the core. That's the rebar. You know, I worked construction to go through school, and we used to put rebar and pour our concrete. But most guys coming out of school and women don't have any rebar in them; they're just soft concrete. Yeah. yeah you know that that's that's what my concern is and so when i talked to young men especially i said if you're going to be in business you need that rebar in you you need that core metal inside of you yeah. oh no i don't have to do that i have a college degree
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh it, it it's you know, I feel like I'm talking to my father <laughs> 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 totally you and my dad would you guys would just get along wonderfully for sure um, yeah. and yeah, you know business in in today's day it is so much different because oh, it's a lot different because but I think that's where us as veterans we get it we get a little bit of a you know Cause we've been through a lot of the garbage. Right. And, and I think it, well, like you said, I mean, we're coming into business with the rebar already. <laughs> so, yeah. and I, I love that. I hope you don't mind me using that. Oh no, no, that's, that's uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, uh, and you, you learn a lot when you're in construction, you know? <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. And you know, so, I guess for for our community, right? Um if you could share like like your go-to piece of advice, right? For a young uh either veteran that's coming up and is going to start a business or just any uh young or inexperienced CEO coming up, what would be like one good piece of advice you could share would want to share with you know that person to say Hey, don't do this because this is going to be an arrow for you. <laughs> I'm going to prevent it today. Well, sitting behind me is my cash flow board game. Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: And um, I learned, you know, I, I made, I've made a lot of money playing Monopoly. And I I, I used to play Monopoly with my rich dad, was my best friend's father. And I learned more about business playing Monopoly because then after he'd play Monopoly with them, I'm only 10 years old. This is a up mm-hmm. boy. I had to go knock on doors and collect rent. So he had all this real estate property, rental properties. So I'd go, your rent's due. And I heard more bullshit than I could ever hear anything you know, like this. Sorry. So when I, when, uh, when I became financially free, my wife and I created this cash flow board game because this here is called a financial statement. When, you go, when I go to my banker, my banker doesn't ask me for my report card. My banker doesn't ask me for my GPA, grade point average. In fact, if you look at my Ferrari it has 1.9 GPA on the license plate. You know, just to go F <laughs> yeah. Your banker wants to see this here. It's income statement, balance sheet, statement of cash flow. Sure. And that's what the board game teaches. If you don't have one of these in real life, you're not going to make it anywhere in life. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur. Right. Like I talked to I talked to one of my property managers just yesterday. I mean, this guy is my age he doesn't know the difference between income and expense. Wow. I said, you're 68 years old, you don't know that. And so what I was doing him, I was paying him for his expenses and he was paying tax on his expenses. I went, I said, what the hell are you teaching your kids? Wow. He didn't know the difference. He doesn't know the difference between assets and liabilities. And he has no idea what a statement of cash flow is. And I'm, I would say that most, I would say 90% of college graduates have no idea what I just said. Yep, guarantee and it. so if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you've got to have one of these. Mm-hmm. So when I walk into my banker, I just sit down and then 2008, when the markets crashed and we're going to crash again, we're coming up for one now in 2023. 2008, I borrowed 300 million bucks because real estate market crashed, I walked in and I I said, this is what I got. Banker never said, oh, what school did you go to? What's your grade point average? Right. It says, how much money do you want? I said, I want this, 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 this. And you see the thing, what most people do not know is in 1971, when I was still in the Marine Corps, in fact, I was just going um, on the way to Vietnam, 1971, Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard. This is gold here. This is a real gold coin. Okay. And when Nixon took that dollar off the gold standard, 72, I was flying off the carrier. And I said, I better go find out what gold is. So I flew behind enemy lines, proving Marines aren't the brightest to look for gold. And I'm standing at this gold window, We've got NVA all around us. And I'm trying to go gold was $50, was $50 an ounce in 1972. It was from, went from 35 to $50. And I sat there arguing with a little Vietnamese woman. She had a red teeth because she eats betel nuts. And I was trying to get a discount. I was trying to get from 40, $50 to $40. I'll give you $40 for that gold. And she goes, spot. And I go, $40. She goes, spot. And I said, what the shit, talking about. So here we have two college graduates, two Marine pilots. she she's saying spot. And what she was telling me that gold is money throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And on that day in Vietnam, 1972, it was 50 bucks and she wasn't going to budge. So damn it, I bought the $50 coin. And today that 50, that's like, like there was a Kruger and I bought it from her. But today is $2,000. So $50 went to $2,000. I learned so much flying in Vietnam because I was outside of the purview of American bullshit. And the worst thing about it was this thing here. In 1972, I came back in 73, January 10th, 1973. It was illegal for Americans to own gold.
0: Think (laughs) about that. Wow.
1: Now think about this. When that sucker Biden abandoned Afghanistan, Biden did two things, which I know he's a communist. The first thing he did was he took the Keystone XL pipeline offline. I was—I don't own stocks. I own those stock spots, mutual funds, ETFs. I don't touch anything they can print. I don't trust my government. They mm-hmm. can print anything, they like, I won't touch it. But when I sell oil, I'm selling physical oil. So I drove mm-hmm. oil in North Dakota, Louisiana, and Texas. Because my background is oil. I went to King's Point. I drove tankers, oil tankers with standard oil. Wow. But when that guy, when that when Biden took the Keystone XL pipeline offline in 2020, first act he did, because of the greenies, those green New Deal phonies, when he took that pipeline offline, I was selling oil for $30 a barrel. And immediately the price of oil went to $130. From 30 to 130, now, I almost voted for Biden after that. You know, I said, he just made me a rich man. But I know what he was doing. He's sabotaging America's middle class. Mm. He's wiping, it's called inflation. And now this guy Powell is trying to raise interest rates. It's killing the boomer generation because when interest rates go, in 1974, we shifted to the 401k, most criminal operation. I won't touch a 401k. Because I don't have to. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Yep. So the, when, when, when Powell, the secretary, I mean, the, what I call the, uh, sec, the Federal Reserve chairman, raises interest rates, stocks come down. My generation, your father's generation, we're being wiped out. So when, when Biden took the p- pipeline offline, he was screwing the American middle class and poor. Poverty is going through the roof right now. Homelessness is going through the roof. This guy, Biden, is a criminal. That's the first thing he did because of these grainies in the Green New Deal. And and I can't believe he's doing this stuff. So when he abandoned Afghanistan, the first thing, because I'm an oil guy, I did go to Kings Point, U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. My background is oil. That's Mm -hmm. how I was drilling for oil. So my oil price went from $30 to $130. I got rich, but he screwed America. But not only that, when he abandoned Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia joined the BRICS nation. They joined Russia. So what Biden did is he's training because of Afghanistan when his next moves, abandoned what, $90, trillion, $90 billion worth of equipment there, giving it to our enemy. That man is a criminal. He and Hunter Biden, are criminals. So he goes, and I'm not talking about his politics. That's what they did. Right. So Saudi Arabia just joined the BRICS. The BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now Saudi Arabia. Right. They're turning against America. They're going to sabotage the U.S. dollar. That's going to crush America. This guy, Biden and Kamala, the border czar, has never been to the border. They open up the border, and let, you know, how many, 250,000 people in December alone across the border. Yeah. Right. I mean, what are these guys doing? And people vote for them.
0: Right.
1: So I went to the academy. I don't care who you vote for. Trump is my friend. I'll prove it's my friend. Here's a book that, that Don and I wrote together. We yeah. wrote two books together. He's a very good man. Mon. His sons, uh, Don Jr. and Eric, Eric Trump, my really good friends. We hunt together. And this guy, Hunter Biden, you know. I can't believe that guy. He's a drug. He's a hooker guy. He takes, you know. I mean, but what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And Kamala's not even on
0: the border. She's the border czar. I mean, what the hell's going on with our country? Yeah. Well, and that that kind of leads leads you into, you know, where is the future of business going? Right. When Some it comes to we're you toast, know, man. You
1: know, I think they're trying to sink this country.
0: Yeah. That's a, what.
1: That's what. This, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I don't right. care if you're a tranny. I don't care if you're gay, lesbian. I have no—that's not of my business. It's right. the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech. Don't take that away from us. Right. You know, yeah. like you carry, you yeah. carry an automatic. I mean, a semi, and I carry this.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: pilots, pilots, you know, pilots carry revolvers. Right. You know what I mean? We, we just yeah. we're trained differently. Sure. Sure. So anyway, that's what that's why I'm glad to be speaking to you, because if our veterans, if our military doesn't stand up, we're screwed. Yeah. Well, we've 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 lost the core, not the Marine Corps, but the core of America are our
0: fighting forces. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, to where, you know, I mean, I talked to business owners all the time. I mean, I have 13 companies of my own and, and I talk to a lot of business owners every day. Right. And I like to at least think that things are going to uh, be better or you know businesses are going to thrive or all those things and and I don't think any of us can truly like predict the future necessarily but it we live in a bit of a skewed world and it's a bit of an angry world we've been living in since 2020 you know the pandemic and all that stuff and and the world's pretty pissed off still and and it it's a, it's, a, it's just a strange place to be in sometimes and
1: well, I, I live in, I live in Arizona and I was just in mm-hmm. Dallas with a safari club show in Dallas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, where we still can't count and we're still counting the ballots here. Mm-hmm. And, and if you read Stalin, I mean, this here is, this is called the Communist Manifesto. Mm-hmm. In 1965, when I went to the academy in New York, instead of reading John Maynard Keynes and Ricardo and Adam Smith, our, my instructor, like I said, was a West Point graduate, B-17 pilot. He had us read this book here, The Communist Manifesto.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you understand the Communist Manifesto, it's in place today. And one of the things that Stalin said is not who votes that counts. It's who counts the votes. Yeah. Well, that's true. And we, we can't even get a straight election today. This, and people still vote for these guys. I'm not Republican or Democrat. You know, okay, I don't care what you sleep with. I don't care what church or religion you belong to. But don't take our freedoms away. Don't mess with our right. constitution. Yeah. Teach history.
0: Don't teach us fake woke stuff. Right. Yeah, I seen, you know, I seen this very this very same thing in Afghanistan, right? When, you know, the voting would happen and then they'd pick up the ballots on helicopters and fly them into Kabul or wherever they were flying them and you know, it's just stuff just magically disappeared. Right. (laughs) So, so, and it's not like to think that can't happen anywhere is crazy. Right. It can happen anywhere. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter, but well, you know, kind of in the interest of, of your time, Robert, I know we only had a short amount of time together today, but, but how do people like get a hold of you how would you want people to get a hold of you uh, i
1: don't want them to get a hold of me i, I want them no <laughs> okay. i'm so I, I don't know if you know this but i'm the number one author for 21 years 25 yeah. years now yeah okay so the reason I talk about the cash flow board game the reason i created it so people could teach people capitalism sure and we have we have cash flow clubs all over the world you can come in You can access real financial education, capitalist education, not this commie pinko stuff they teach at universities. Mm -hmm. So we have cash flow clubs teach capitalism. Teach them this here. This is a financial statement. I'll go financial statement to financial statement to anybody. I also go book sales to book sales with anybody. But that's what I learned from the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. You know, you kick me, I'm going to kick back harder. And that's why I'm always happy to be speaking to your group here, because your training you got in the military is priceless. Yeah, But if you're going to be woke and, you know, worry about what gender you are today, you know, I can't help you. You know, but I know I I, I can't believe they let boys swim against women. Or Jesus, are you kidding me? What has happened to this country? The women should kick their ass. <laughs> anyway, I, I am, you know, I am. Uh, I like to fight, but it starts with you know rebar core. Yeah, and that's what most of you guys have. So I don't want you talking to me. Fuck you guys. Get off and teach. Yeah, yeah. There you go. My rich dad taught me to be a capitalist. That's yeah. what I told that kid. He says he, he won't talk to me anymore. But he is as swishy as they come. He's a very nice boy. I hurt his feelings, and he's twenty years old. I said, holy mackerel, I hurt his feelings, Yeah, you know, and that's what I'm concerned about. Sure. What's happening to the men of our country? What's happening to our fighters? Why did we we abandon Afghanistan? Mm -hmm. You know, what happened in Vietnam? I mean, we're losing our guts. So that's, you know, this here's my flight jacket. I still fit in it. Most guys can't fit in their military school clothes, yep. but that's called discipline. Yep. You're right. We yep. need discipline. We need strength. We need core training. And most veterans have had it. So that's why I speak to you guys. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have a better chance of success than some swish coming out of uh, woke school. You know what I mean? Right. I'm a U.S. Marine. That's how Marines talk. Mm -hmm. i don't know how your army guys talk to each other but that's how we talk to
0: each other (laughs) it's not much different my friend (laughs) i think the languages translate (laughs) (laughs) i uh i uh you know every monday night tonight i'll go over to my neighbor's house he's the force uh recon guy nom guy and you know what we fire up a cigar we have a, a shot I love of, cigars. you know, we fire up a cigar. We have a shot of a good bourbon and, uh, and a beer and we watch the game and we just chat and talk and, you know, tell war stories and all that good stuff. And it's the one night a week I look the most forward to. Oh. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so if I, if I could ask this, you know, we have thousands of cash flow
1: clubs all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. Yeah. So guys, buy my game, and they go out. They start these clubs, and they co- we come in via YouTube, and we teach them capitalism. That's how I fight back today. I've never stopped fighting, my friend. Right. I I you know I fight for America, the freedom of America. My fa- my uncles fought for America, and we have this communists and Kamala and Biden and Hunter. Oh my God. And we vote for it. Waters yeah. are wide open. And we just sit around and talk about it. Right. And we've got to fight through education. So that's why I created my board game sitting behind me. Yeah. Why, yeah. why are board games good? Because as uh, Maria Montessori in the Montessori School System said, what the hand does, the mind remembers. Mm. So when I learned to fly that Huey, I practiced crashing every single day. So when I got to Vietnam, when I got hit, crashing was an everyday event. Yeah, That's how I brought my men home. We went down three times. We came back three times. And that's what doing the real thing counts. But in schools, you just memorize the right answer. You don't have to do a thing. You make a mistake, you're punished. How stupid is that? How stupid is that? If you don't make mistakes, how do you learn something? Mm-hmm. So when you play the game. cash flow game, you're filling this thing out, you're practicing, moving your numbers around the place. That's how you learn. You don't get there sitting there listening to some dumbass teacher who's never been anywhere. Right. You know, the yeah. best, you know, when I was at Camp Pendleton on my way to Vietnam 71, I looked for the, I looked for the best teachers and these were the gunship pilots just coming back. And they were saying, man, the war has changed. The war has changed. So this is Vietnam, and then what they had changed was technology had changed. I don't know if you know that. We had these things called SA7s. They were shooting us down like crazy. Hmm. We had to change all of our tactics to survive. But technology is gonna keep changing, keep changing, keep changing. And if you're living in the past, you're finished today. So that's, that's why this is what your banker asks for. Mm-hmm. It's your financial statement. Yeah, they don't care what your report cards were, they don't care what you did 10 years ago. They want to see your numbers today. That's right. That's why I created the cash flow board game. There's clubs all over the world, I'm still fighting back. That's what US
0: Marines do. It's called Semper Fidelis. What's it, man. Semper Fi. There you go. That's it. Cash flow board game. If no, if, it's teaching, uh, you, it's teaching. You better, yeah, hey, learn to be a fucking capitalist because you're being
1: taught to be a Marxist. In school, that's why my my uh, West Point teacher had us read this book here. Yeah.
0: You know, a well, communist
1: came in through America in 1930, through Columbia University Teachers College. He wrote in this book, communism, this was 1848, he wrote this book, Marx did. He said communism would enter America in two stages. Stage one was communism entered through Columbia University Teachers College in 1930. Stage two was 2020 by my friend Trump got taken down by socialist media Twitter. Mm. We better fight back soon.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: For fight. Sure. There you go. <laughs> I don't yeah, you know, I, I really don't waste my time very much. I'm not here to help losers. Yeah. Well I'll, I'll I, help
0: I'll I help can, fighters. I can get on board with that all day, brother. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. No doubt about it. But well, well, hey. Uh, you know, I like to kind of close out with this question, and that is, uh, you know, in your life, if you could have had anybody, anybody in the world, dead or alive, doesn't matter, if you could have invited somebody here today to have a conversation with this and be involved in this conversation with us today, who who do you think you would have chose to come today?
1: Some of the guys I flew with, my, uh, my one of my best friends, I got court martialed out because mm. I, I was not a good Marine. I had disciplinary problems, same as Trump. <laughs> Trump, had dis- tr- Trump had disciplinary problems, too. But my best friend, we flew to go off, off the carrier. I got kicked out as a lieutenant. This says Lieutenant Kiyosaki here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He got kicked out as lieutenant general, three-star. Oh, wow. And now he is a congressman from Michigan. Mm. Senate, uh, congressman Jack Bergman, three-star general. He and I talk all the time because we're still fighting. I haven't quit. He hasn't quit. Trump hasn't quit. And so the, I talk to the guys who are alive today who are still fighting. I don't like talking to woke. I have no use for them. Do you know, And there's a lot of them. And our schools are pumping them out like crazy. So that's yeah. where I created the cash flow board game here. Because this is the only report card that counts in the world of capitalism. It's called mm-hmm. a financial statement. That's they don't the teach they, that at school.
0: They don't. Isn't it interesting? Like, uh, I always, I find it a bit mind-blowing, right? And, yeah. and I, I think I know the reason why, um, you know, like our school system today. I mean, I got kids in school right now. And, you know, they don't teach them how to manage money, right? And the, the reason it's is... Not, because, it's, it's, you know, it's not the, even managed money. To
1: understand, it's called a definition. Mm-hmm. What's an asset? What's a liability? Right. Yeah. They don't teach it. Nothing. I mean, nothing. They teach you to go to school, get a job, save money, get out of debt, and put your money in a 401k. I won't touch a 401k.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a criminal operation. It's called Wall Street.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, man, Robert. That's money. It is. And I, I think uh, out of today, um, the, the audience here on this podcast today, if you didn't get a dose of reality from that today, you just weren't listening. <laughs> now, <and laughs> so, let me show you two other books. Here.
1: This yeah. book is called Tax-Free Well, This is my accountant. Oh, okay. I, I don't pay taxes legally. Hmm. If you're paying taxes, you're a communist. Okay. And this other book is called Who Stole My Pension? The reason I don't have 401k was in 1974, the year I got out of the Marine Corps, they shifted this thing called ERISA, ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act, called the 401k or a pension. They're bankrupt today. Mm. There's millions and millions of guys like you with pensions from the military and all that, firefighters, teachers, host. So I've been saying this stuff for years. So it's not just about managing money. It's you got to know where the corruption comes from. Sure, and the corruption comes from inside our wires, yeah, all our political leaders, right? So that's why Trump is my friend and we fight back, but that's also why he got taken down,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'd be it'd be interesting to have a conversation with him on here, uh, about financial things and so on and so forth. I'd love to get his take on some of this stuff for sure.
1: Well, he said it, and, he,
0: he said it to Hillary. She
1: says, she said to him, he says, during the debates, you know, and she said, and you don't pay taxes. And that's why Trump said to her, he says, because I'm smart. If you're paying tax, tax is Marx. Same are labor unions, Marx. Mm -hmm. Our schools are teaching Marxism. That's why I went to military school. Yeah. So if you guys can hear what I'm saying, so all you all you vets and all this, you know, if you went to a normal school, you better get re-educated pretty quickly into capitalism. Right. Cap capitalism, I use debt and I don't pay taxes legally. I don't want to go to jail and dance to hula for some boy. Okay. So I have very smart accountants, very smart attorneys. That's what Trump said to Hillary during the debates. You don't he says you don't pay taxes. He says, because I'm smart. And it drove all those liberal commie pinkos nuts. Yeah. But Trump is a smart boy, he's a good friend of mine. His sons are my really good friends. Yeah. So we're capitalists. Our all schools right. are teaching us to be Marxist. All right.
0: But to wake up. Well, my dad always says, son, you gotta be a raging capitalist. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and i am don't don't know no, 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 no I, I know you that. are no doubt you're, you're, about that i i notice you're, <laughs> you're smiling not flinching yeah that's right if i was
1: talking to a bunch of pta members or school teachers they'd be flinching right now
0: <laughs> yeah there you go absolutely well gosh robert jesus what a great hour of time i got to spend with you today um and i really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing what you did um that that was it, it was awesome, and I really hope that you know the people listening take away from this the experience that you brought to the table today because it it's invaluable, right? It's like when I talk to my neighbor or my dad or that experience of life is you you can't get any better than that, right?
1: And that's why that's why I was excited to be talking to you today, because the veterans of America are the most valuable asset we have just because of your training. Absolutely. And let's hope we have that. We have the rebar to fight back against
0: what's happening today. I'm very concerned. Yeah, me too. All right. And that's the we'll end it on there. The rebar. Right. Brother. Thank you for uh, being on the show today. It was an amazing conversation. Um, I'm I'm very blessed to have had the had the time with you today. And thank you. And hopefully one day we can get together and have a beer, yep. tell some more as, stories, as Marines would say.
1: <laughs> as Marines say, "Semper Fi." Let's keep awesome. fighting. Awesome. Our, the war is on. <laughs> right, cheers. Thank you.